You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, we've done the positions. Now we wrap up our ranking series looking at where the Winnipeg Jets sit amongst teams in the NHL. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's kick off the week in style here. Good to be back a little bit later than normal, thanks to the long weekend last week and then some toddler-related technical issues that we had to deal with. But we're ready to get at it now. And it's the finale of our ranking series. The Big Kahuna here. That's actually, that's a phrase or a a word that needs to be brought back more often. Kahuna is a kick-ass word. Anyways, like you heard at the top, time to rank the clubs. And in turn, time to find out if we should expect the Jets to be in the playoffs or on the outside looking in for a second straight year. Now... Did a little bit of digging through my computer here. And this is going to be hard to believe with the state of the team right now. But I have my my team rankings from last year saved on my notes on my laptop. And maybe I was high on new season optimism. Maybe 12 months was a long time ago. I don't know. But last year in my team rankings, I had the Jets as a top 10 team in the NHL. Top 10. I mean, the additions on the blue line, New Year for Dubois, Helly going for another Vesna. what could possibly go wrong? Oh, wait, everything went wrong. <laughs> and like you all know, pretty wild to see how quickly things have changed in just 12 months. With the outlook on this year's team being tepid or lukewarm at best right now, I mean, I guess if you wanted to look for some optimism, you could say that everybody was on board and feeling hopeful last year and it all went to crap. So maybe this year when everyone's gloomy about the outlook, the club can come up and stun the world. So maybe that's what we see happen in 2022-23. Or maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out. But as you might have guessed, the Jets will not be making a repeat appearance inside the top 10. The good news, though, is, uh, you know, as there always is, bad and good. The good news is that the bottom 10 is not an option for the club either. So once again, we're somewhere in 
the uh, 10 to 20 range for the Winnipeg Jets as we have been for the majority of this series outside of Connor Hellebuck being um, the driving force behind the Winnipeg Jets landing in the top five of the goalie rankings. So let's take a look at what I've got here and we'll see where the Winnipeg Jets find themselves in heading into training camp which is not too far away right now and that's where we'll thankfully shift gears sometime soon and we can start talking some actual hockey for this year but let's take a look at the list here and what we got and we'll start at the bottom where I mean this was probably the easiest part of the list even more so than picking out the teams up there at the top and I'll, I'll get to why that was in just a sec but no real shocker with the ultimate prize for the worst team in the league being Connor Bedard and a slew of other talented youngsters. There's a few teams that aren't really trying to win hockey games this year. Um, but for me, leading the pack right now, once again, for maybe the fourth year running in, in, in the team rankings heading into the season, the Arizona Coyotes, whose play on the ice will only be mirrored by their college-level stadium. Awesome stuff. Love to see a pro team in the NHL play in front of 2,000 fans. Cool. Um, but So I got Arizona braining up the rear at number 32, followed by Montreal, who... I, look, I, I get saying things in front of the cameras is different than what you might be thinking behind closed doors, but the fact that the Habs legitimately, without laughing, said they're trying to win games this year at their first public presser in a while is uh, its a little rich for me. Maybe the worst blue line we've seen in quite some time in the NHL. I've got Montreal at 31, which might surprise some people because Chicago sits in at 30 for me. I mean, there's not really a whole lot separating those teams. I mean, they're, they're well behind the rest of the NHL. I mean, Chicago still has Patty Kane, right? Like, that 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 probably is enough for me to push them ahead of those other two teams. But I'm not going to be shocked to see either one of those uh, finish uh, dead last in the NHL for this season. Um, after that, we've got Anaheim in at 29, Buffalo at 28. And it's weird because Buffalo at 28 is a massive improvement over where they've been in years past. And I wouldn't be shocked as well to see them finish a little bit higher than that once this season comes to an end. Um San Jose at number 27. I, I might even flip-flop those two there, but I've got San Jose at 27. Uh, Columbus, despite the addition of Johnny Gaudreau, uh, Columbus finds themselves in at 26. Don't really love their blue line all that much, and uh, their center depth right now is amongst the worst in the NHL. They're, they're probably a year or two away from being a really excited and dangerous team, but... For me, you got to have strength down the middle. Columbus doesn't have that just yet. I got them at 26. Uh, Philadelphia at 25, the team that has no clue what in the hell they're doing. But I'll tell you what, John Tortorella, for all his faults and for all his haters out there, the dude generally gets results everywhere he goes. Outside of Vancouver. Maybe it's a Vancouver situation in Philly. That might be true, but I think uh, John Tortorella gets a little more out of this uh, Flyers squad than a lot of people might think. That jumps them all the way up to 25. Um, Detroit at 24 for me. I think the Red Wings are one year away from really, really striking some fear into the teams above them in the Atlantic Division, but love everything that Stevie Y is doing over there in Michigan. And then I've got Seattle coming in at 23. I just don't think their goaltending is going to be as bad as it was last year. And they actually made some savvy moves in the offseason. Plus, you know what? Shane Wright is in a, 
a bad consolation prize at number four either. So I think we'll get a pretty scrappy Kraken team in the worst division in hockey too. So you never know. Maybe they pull a bit of a stunner and make a bit of a run for a wild card spot this year. Probably not likely, but I, I kind of like what Seattle's got out there this upcoming season. Uh, so that rounds out the bottom 10 in the NHL, fortunately again. The Winnipeg Jets are, in my opinion, well above those bottom 10 teams. How far ahead? Well, we'll find that out pretty quickly here. Um, we'll go up all the way to the top and see which team stands above the rest and which teams are, I guess you might look at those as basic shoe-ins to make the playoffs for this upcoming season. Now, interestingly, going back to last year, in my top 10, I actually had... Two teams missed the playoffs. Only two out of the top ten missed the playoffs. That was the New York Islanders and the Vegas Golden Knights. Not not bad. Eight out of ten. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Vegas was just destroyed by injuries, and the Islanders had kind of a weird season. So, you know what? For the most part, if you're in the top ten, you have to feel pretty safe about grabbing a playoff spot here. Um, but no surprise, the number one team in the world, the Colorado Avalanche, Sit atop the rankings here. And pretty shocking. Actually, I mean, Colorado 1, Tampa Bay 2 for me. Pretty shocking that those two teams sit above the rest of the NHL. Colorado lost a 95-point scorer and their starting goaltender. Tampa Bay traded their second or third best defenseman and lost a top-line forward. And neither of those teams really solved those holes, yet they still are well above the rest of the NHL. Pretty crazy at, at how well-stocked they were um, for last season and the last couple of years as well. Um, but I think pretty much the whole world is going to have Colorado and Tampa Bay 1-2. I've got the Carolina Hurricanes at number three. I love that. They had, in my opinion, maybe the best offseason of any team in the NHL. Getting Brent Burns for nothing, essentially. Getting Max Pacioretty literally for nothing. And then signing Paul Stasny for peanuts. Uh, there's... There's not a lot of weakness. That's just a well-run franchise, the Carolina Hurricanes. I love everything that they're doing over there. Uh, maybe the second-line center spot is, is up for grabs for them a little bit up in the air. But, I mean, between Nekash, Kakaniemi, and, and Stasny, I think one of those three will be able to fill that hole nicely. And I, I would put Color Carolina as maybe the most likely team to take down one of Colorado or Tampa Bay. Um, they're followed by the New York Rangers at number four. Don't love the Trocek contract at all, but there's no doubt that it makes them a much better team heading into this upcoming season. And if the Rangers get one of Lafreniere or Kako or one of their other youngsters to to boom and have a big season this year, they're gonna be they're gonna be right in the mix with those other three teams. Um, so I like Carolina and New York just behind Colorado, Tampa, followed by the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I mean, look, they've got the best forward group. They've got the two best forwards, arguably. Two of the three best forwards in the NHL right now. And an upgrading goal in Jack Campbell. So that, that's enough for me to push Edmonton in, into the number five spot. That's followed by Toronto at number six. I like Toronto's roster, but <laughs> they just can't get it done in the play. Like, I don't know, that's, that's as far as I can go is putting Toronto at number six. They should be much higher, but... It ultimately doesn't mean diddly squad if you're winning three games in the postseason year after year. Um, Calgary, surprisingly, with all the turmoil they had this offseason, find a way to put together a damn good team again this year. I'll be fascinated to see 
what the Calgary Flames have for an encore after last year's surprise run to the top of the Pacific Division. Um, I got the Flames in at number seven. This might shock a lot of people, and it kind of does for me a little bit too. And, and this might be the one outlier that I have compared to a lot of other lists out there, which I haven't seen yet, so I might be wrong. But I, I like the Nashville Predators a lot this year. Love, love, love the offseason that they had as well. Bringing Nino Niederreiter in. The trade for Ryan McDonough. Again, not giving up a lot to get him. Just filling in a couple of spots on a, on a pretty good roster from last year. I, I know a lot of people might not buy into, you know, Duchesne and Johansson. Forsberg to an extent too, having the seasons that they had last year. But even if they take a tiny step back... With the additions that they made, some of the youngsters stepping into bigger roles, Tomasino, for example, I think the Preds are a top 10 team. They've got a top three blue line and a top three goalie. And if you got those two things and a decent forward court, you're going to go a long way. And I'd like Nashville to uh, actually finish behind Colorado and uh, grab that second spot inside the Central Division there. Um, I got the Minnesota Wild at number nine. Ah. I don't know what to feel. I'm not super high on the Wild. I was high on them last year, a little bit less so this year. But you know what? Looking at their roster, I'll, I'll find a way to put them into the top 10 there. And then I'll actually put Vegas at the 10 spot there. You know, even with the Robin Lander injury, they were so, so decimated by injury last year. And they still almost found a way to squeak into the playoffs. If they just get average injury luck this year, to me... There's too much up front, too much on the blue line for them not to be in the mix when all when everything's said and done. So I've got Vegas rounding out the top 10. Um, surprisingly, Florida, after winning the President's Trophy, finds themselves outside the top 10. We see, we'll see how far they dropped in the rankings, and we'll see where the Winnipeg Jets find themselves as well as we continue our rankings in just a sec. But before we do that... We do have to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And man, oh man, what an unbelievable week one opening week of the NFL season we just had. Capped off with the fiasco from the Denver Broncos coaching staff. Hey, let's hope Rick Bonus has a much better debut than Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos did in week one. Um, But if you didn't get a chance to get on the action in the opening week, week two is Plenty, plenty full of action, touchdowns, and bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook. And new customers can bet just 5 bucks on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. And a reminder as well that everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion where you bet on any NFL team to win. If they're up by 10 at any point, you get paid instantly, win or lose. So a ton of ways for you to get in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, super excited to talk about a new sponsor that's jumping on the Hockey Podcast Network and Skates and Plates as well. And that would be our friends over at Raycon. And it's perfect timing too because when the little one goes to bed and I can just relax... 
listen to some Bob Marley, listen to some Kendrick Lamar, whatever. I can just toss in the Raycon wireless earbuds and all my worries drift away. Everyday earbuds from Raycon look, feel, and sound better than ever. Eight hours of playtime, 32-hour battery life, and you get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder that Raycon's Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. And you can get 50K five-star reviews when you have the noise isolation and you don't hear anything else but your music or skates and plates or whatever you're listening to through your Raycon Earbuds tap function as well and three different customizable sound profiles to give you the sound exactly how you want it. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right, let's continue the rankings here. Where do the Winnipeg Jets sit once again? In that mushy middle that unfortunately they find themselves in. As we've gone through the top 10 and the bottom 10 as well. No mention of the Winnipeg Jets just yet. We'll go back down towards the bottom of the rankings here. Seattle rounding things out as the final team in our bottom 10. But I do want to mention quickly, we've got a central team and a Canadian team as well. Um, But at 22 in the NHL team rankings, I've got... The Dallas Stars. They've got some good pieces out there in Texas, but I don't know. I didn't love the offseason all that much. I mean, I'm not the biggest John Klingberg fan, but he's still a positive, and they didn't go out and find a way to replace him. Dallas has, I mean, Winnipeg might have, Winnipeg might look at Dallas's bottom six and say, you know what, ours might be a little bit better than what the Stars have over there. And the, the second line, of what used to be the engine that ran the stars, there just isn't what it once was with Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. I mean, look, Pavelski, Hintz, and Robertson are outstanding. One of the best lines in all of hockey. Heiskanen is one of the best defensemen in all of hockey, but uh, you need a little bit more than that up and down the roster to compete with a bunch of the teams ahead of you. And I've actually got the Winnipeg Jets you know, despite not making a ton of improvements themselves, leaping over the Dallas Stars from the standings last year. And I've got Dallas um, as the 22nd ranked team of the NHL going into this season. That's followed by the Ottawa Senators at number 21. I mean, look, Ottawa made a ton of splashy moves up front. And there's no they're going to be an exciting team to watch. I think they're going to battle for a wildcard spot as the season winds down there. But the goaltending is is solid, but nothing better than that. Just solid goaltending. The forwards are good, but they had pretty decent forwards last year too. And a ton of youngsters there as well. So there's always a lot of volatility where, you know what, maybe they don't take as big of a leap as, as people might expect. But but what's really holding the Senators back is their, their decor stinks. It, it sucks. Thomas Shabbat is great. Love him. Artem Zub's pretty solid too. But other than that, it's... A bunch of, you know, six, seven defensemen. They, they, they just need a lot more out there in Ottawa. If they, I'll tell you what, if they make a move for Jacob Chikrin and he comes in, I will have Ottawa 
right in there for the wild card mix and maybe grabbing one of those wild card spots. But until they make a move like that, just the Sens don't have enough on the back end to uh, crack into the uh, teens at the very least. I've got them at the 21 spot. We'll jump back up here to the teams just outside the top 10. Um, starting with maybe a surprise to some, but the Florida Panthers coming in at number 11. And what it really comes down to is I I understand the logic and reasoning behind why the Panthers made the Kachuk-Huberto trade. I just think it makes them a worse team right now. That That's kind of it. I, I mean, it's different playing styles, but... I don't know, Kachuk Huberto is kind of a lateral move, if not a marginal improvement from Florida's side of things. But losing Mackenzie Weger is a massive blow. It's a that's a massive blow to a Panthers decor that was already a little thin to begin with, as it was last year. And now they don't really have much of a backup off. I mean, as it stands right now, your your second pair, if you have Gus Forsling jumping up with Aaron Ekblad, is gonna be Racco Gudis and Brandon Montour. That, that that's that's nowhere near the level of the teams that are ahead of them in the rankings there. And, and that for me is enough to drop them down a, a long ways away. Plus, I have my doubts that uh Paul Maurice is going to be the answer behind the bench for the Florida Panthers. They also lose Anthony Duclair for the majority of the season before any games were even played, and not solo the goaltending either. Bob Bob's not the guy anymore at 33 and I don't know if Spencer Knight is the guy just yet at, at 21. So pretty crazy the Panthers went all in last year, which I get. They don't have a lot of assets to get themselves out of this. And as it stands right now, I got them with the 11th best, ro- uh, the 11th best roster heading into this season across the entire NHL. Um, just ahead of the Washington Capitals at number 12. I, I, I like what the Caps did this offseason a lot. I think Darcy Kemper, the addition of him is being really undersold because Kemper has been so so good for so many years in a row now and if Washington had gotten better goaltending they 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 might have knocked the Florida Panthers out of the playoffs in round one last year so I would keep an eye on on the caps despite being a little long in the tooth and maybe making one one last run at this thing um but I, I like Washington's got a good solid roster so I've got them coming in at number 12 speaking of some old teams Boston 13 Pittsburgh 14, as long as you've got Patrice Bergeron, you're going to find yourself at the top half of the rankings. So I've got the Bruins in at 13 there. Pittsburgh at 14, little less sold of the Penguins. I also hate everything about Pittsburgh, so we'll put them in at 14. Um, St. Louis in at 15. Love their forward group. Kind of met on the blue line and what's in net there. I just, when I, when I look at St. Louis's blue line, it, it's fine, but it's nothing that really gets you excited. And, and that might be enough when it comes to their forward core. I'm, I'm just not overly sold on, on Jordan Bennington getting the job done over the long haul. If, if he plays well, the Blues are going to contend for that second spot in the division just behind Colorado. I'm just not going to put a whole lot of faith in that happening. But the, blue, the Blues, to me, are a team that can go really high or a little bit lower so I, I kind of, you know, went right in between that and put them in at number 15. Um, the LA Kings, for me, at 16, that's another club that I could see make a leap up the standings. I mean, if Quinton Byfield figures it out, 
The Kings are going to be a scary, scary team. Might have one of the better forward groups in the NHL if, if, if Byfield can uh, live up to his draft billing there. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out there on the LA Kings. But interesting with the Kings at 16 that there's not a whole lot of teams left here. We've only got spots 17 through 20 to go for and no mention of the Winnipeg Jets just yet. So we'll continue our rankings here. 17, I've got the Vancouver Canucks. Again, finishing ahead of the Winnipeg Jets. The New Jersey Devils in an 18 ahead of the Winnipeg Jets. Just ahead of them. Because I've got Winnipeg coming in at number 19 for the team rankings heading into this upcoming NHL season. They're just ahead of the New York Islanders who round out the list there at number 20. So why the Winnipeg Jets at number 19 here? 19 puts them roughly the 9th, 10th best team in the Western Conference as I quickly tabulate this here off the top of my head. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th in the West. I mean, look, the, between I've got LA as the 8th and final playoff team according to this. Now, again, we're going to do our prediction show before the season actually gets underway and things might change depending on injuries and potential ads and trades and things like that. So this is just as it stands right now before training camp gets underway. I don't think there's a ton separating the Jets from the Kings or from the Canucks specifically inside the Western Conference there. Um, when I look at Vancouver, for example, I mean, they're, they're pretty similarly built to the Winnipeg Jets. I think they've got a little bit more star power on the blue line with Quinn Hughes over Josh Morrissey, and I think they've got a better bottom six than the Winnipeg Jets right now. And and for me, when I look at that, similar goaltending, you know, Hellebuck and Demko to me are, are pretty interchangeable. I would give the nod for Hellebuck over Demko, but I don't think that's enough to push the Jets ahead of the Vancouver Canucks. And, and the Kings are just a well-rounded team. I, I mean, their, their forward group is solid 1 through 12. Their decor is solid 1 through 6. And again, I, I, I think Drew Doughty proved last year he's still... A no doubt about it, stud number one defenseman, and their goaltending has been just good enough. And the addition of Kevin Fiala as well, that to me, I think is a pretty, I think it's a pretty fair and easy decision to put the Kings ahead of the Winnipeg Jets right now. But but it's not worlds ahead. So so I mean that's kind of the optimistic viewpoint of this. But why do I have the Jets as the tenth best team in the Western Conference heading into the season? It's, it's quite simple. I mean, if you've been listening to how the rankings have gone so far, the Jets have a average forward group, an average defense group, and a absolute stud number one goalie. And that's just kind of the reality of the situation right now is that average, average, elite, I just don't know if it's good enough. I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's enough to crack the playoff bubble for this season. It might be. Look, if if Connor Hellebuck finishes in the top five of Vesna voting this upcoming season, the, the Jets are going to make the playoffs. It's that simple, right? Like, there's there's just there's no disputing that Hellebuck really holds all the cards when it comes to the Jets' hopes for this upcoming season. It's it's an unfair amount of burden to be placed on his shoulders, but it's one he can handle. And, and that's kind of the reality for me, is that if Hellebuck plays outstanding, the Jets are going to get in. If Connor Hellebuck is good, I don't think that'll be good enough. If he's average, we'll see a season like we saw 
maybe not as disastrous as last year, but I think we'll see a, a similar script play itself out with the Winnipeg Jets well outside the playoff picture here. Um, but there's certainly an avenue for the Jets to to crack and jump into the top 16, for example, here. The problem is the Jets need a lot to go right. Like They need a lot of positive instances to happen for them to achieve something like that. Like You need a better two-way game from Mark Shifley. You need, I mean, a better two-way game from Kyle Connor. You need a jump from Pierre-Luc Dubois. You need a big-time performance from Cole Perfetti as a rookie. You need Blake Wheeler to fend off father time for maybe just half half a season or a full season at that and then you need one of these guys in the bottom six outside of Lowry and Appleton to step up and make a bit of an impact in terms of production this season as well as the decor being solid and then Hellebuck playing at a high level right like th- there's a, there's certainly a path for the Jets to be a playoff team this year I'm, I'm not going to be so gloomy and and pessimistic on the team's chances this year that there's no way they can jump into the top 16 or maybe just outside the top 10 but they just need a lot of things to go right and and that's the problem there the teams that are ahead of them right now don't need as many things to go right to find themselves into a playoff spot and it, it it sucks that that's where the jets are at right now in terms of their trajectory as a franchise, because it wasn't all that long ago that they didn't really need a whole lot to go right to make the playoffs. Now there, there's a lot of luck that needs to be involved here for the Jets to get in there. The other aspect of this that, you know, I don't think necessarily comes into the team rankings here, but it's just the the way things are as the season progresses is that if the Jets are, even if they're battling for a bubble spot with Shifley's contract situation and Dubois' contract situation, maybe even Connor Hellebuck's, you know, they might be offloading some pretty big pieces. I mean, that's not even to take into account Blake Wheeler's unknown situation right now, right? But they there's a there's somewhat of a chance, a realistic chance, that the Jets could be sellers at the deadline and, the, and thus, you know, punching their ticket away from the playoffs for a second straight year. I don't necessarily see that happening with some of the teams that are ahead of them in the standings here. So fair or unfair, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to know where the majority of Jets fans would put their hockey club in terms of the rankings heading into this season. But for me, as it stands right now, heading into training camp, outside looking in, standing at the number 19 spot. Let me know on Twitter what you think, at Brandon underscore Wiki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Too high, too low, just right. Let me know and we can get into that when we get back at it at the end of the week for our next episode here. Now, before we wrap things up here, just a few notes from my rankings here that kind of popped up. And and like I've talked about with the positions here, it's funny how tiers sort of exist as you look through all this, right? There's, There's teams that find themselves in certain tiers and you can kind of mix and match, right? Like if you look at teams, for example... Five through eight. You know, you could put one team at five, one team at eight. It's not really going to matter all that much. It's it's, it's somewhat superficial. Um, but when I look at the rankings, you know, at the bottom of the NHL for me, there's six teams for sure. San Jose, Buffalo, Anaheim, Chicago, Montreal, Arizona. That to me have no chance of making the playoffs. And they're definitely going to be in the draft lottery for next season. Um, Columbus, Philly, Detroit, Seattle, probably 
almost assuredly aren't going to make the playoffs, but there's a path for each of those teams to maybe find their way to get into the mix. You know what I mean? And then from there you have the Dallas's, the the Ottawa's, the Islanders, teams that are are close, but maybe not just quite there just yet. Um, and, and Winnipeg would probably fall into that spot as well with the New Jersey Devils as well. Um, but interestingly, at the top of the rankings, you know, Colorado, Tampa Bay, easy one-two. But what's interesting is that they, they took some pretty heavy losses this offseason. And I don't think there's the same gap that there was last year heading into this year. I, I think those two teams are a lot more gettable this time around than just, you know, six, seven, eight months ago. Um, like, I, I still believe that the Avs are the best team in the league and, and they're going to be the standard bearers. But look, they, they don't have a great answer at their second line center spot right now. They'll, they'll be fine, but they're not as impenetrable, in my opinion, as they were a year ago, especially too with the unknowns of a Georgia Francu's uh, goaltender platoon there. Like, the Avs all of a sudden have a tiny little bit of cracks in the armor there. And then Tampa Bay as well. Like, who knows? how they can perform without McDonough, uh, without Andre Palat filling in, doing all the dirty work on the top line there. Um, it, it just seems to me like the gap has lessened between them and the Carolinas and the Rangers and the Oilers even, and, and maybe the Maple Leafs one day, um, and the Calgary Flames as well. You know, Colorado, Tampa Bay won two, but really teams three, four, th- I mean, three through 12. E- even Vegas, Florida, Washington might look at their chances and say, you know what, if we get in, we, we could take down one of the big dogs and make a bit of a run ourselves. So so that's what was interesting standing out to me there. Um, but when I look at Boston, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, L.A., maybe even Vancouver, I mean, those to me are, for sure, Boston, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, L.A., those to me are playoff teams. I just don't see a way, I don't see an avenue for any of those clubs to make a Stanley Cup run. Like, they're, they're almost, like, they're destined to make the playoffs, but maybe not make so much noise as well. Um, just intriguing to see where the tears fall there. I guess one question, and maybe we can get to this in, in Friday's episode a little bit more, um, but a best-case scenario for the Winnipeg Jets? Worst-case scenario? Ah, oh, you know what? We'll, we'll tease that one. That, that's a good one to get into. It's a little bit late here. It's, it's getting a little close to midnight for me. Uh, so we'll wrap it up there. But that's something we'll get to in our uh, upcoming episode to wrap up the week here. Maybe some best-case scenarios for the Winnipeg Jets and worst-case scenarios in terms of finishes and, and what might be the most likely situation that the club finds themselves in. We'll get to a bunch of that as we... Uh, move along in the week here and get a little bit closer to training camp finally getting underway. Uh, But that's going to do it for this episode here. Thank you guys so much once again for your patience in, in the release of the episode, but for listening once again to another edition of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll get back at it to close out the week on Friday, getting all your comments and questions on the team rankings With the Winnipeg Jets sitting in at the number 19 spot, in my opinion. Best case scenario, worst case scenario, all your questions, we'll get into that. Rookie camp getting underway as well. We'll take a peek into that and get ready for the start of training camp next week already. It's finally here, so we can finally start to talk some actual hockey news instead of uh, pretty much nothing that went through all offseason there. I'm jacked to get into it here. I hope you guys are too. Um, But that's going to do it. And again, thank you guys for listening to another edition of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. 
I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. We'll get back at it on Friday. Until then, stay safe and enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. Peace.